0: Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to read the whole of this chapter. Peter is writing to scattered early believers, and he writes, So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you be sober-minded be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour resist him firm in your faith knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world and after you have suffered a little while the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Silvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God stand firm in it she who is at babylon who is likewise chosen sends you greetings and so does mark my son greet one another with the kiss of love peace to all of you who are in christ this is the word of god but what I'd like us to do is focus really on one phrase in chapter 7, but let, in verse 7. But let me read verses 6 and 7 again to you. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Let's pray, shall we? Our gracious and loving Father in heaven, Thank you for your perfect knowledge of each one of us. In accordance with that knowledge, please teach each of us more about yourself, more about your Son, our Lord Jesus, and what it means to live in true dependence upon you. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Uh, A quick search on the internet reveals that anxiety relief is big business. One website offers a pill called Ultimate Anxiety Relief. It claims that if you take this pill, it can eliminate anxiety, eliminate panic attacks, eliminate stress, and and make you feel much better. It has a long list of testimonials with the caption, Read these amazing stories from real people just like you who've tried ultimate anxiety relief. Uh, The problem is, you click on another website, and it says, no, 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 that's nonsense. The answer is not a pill. No, they don't work. What you need is a daily email, which will bring a permanent end to your anxieties. Just if you read the email, and follow its advice day by day. Now, that little sample of websites reveals that anxiety is a genuine problem for many. Anxiety can be crippling. It can feel like a dark cloud hovering above your head. It's something from which many wish they could escape permanently. The word anxiety in verse 7 has behind it the idea of a weight or a burden. Anxieties are cares and concerns that weigh us down they preoccupy us they niggle away inside us now an image can be helpful so i want you to imagine for a moment that this jacket represents those things that cause anxiety and it's as if you're wearing those anxieties and as you wear those anxieties it's as though they become heavier and heavier and heavier they increase they multiply and the truth is they can be debilitating distracting paralyzing oh i don't have to tell you do you do I? The anxieties come in many shapes and sizes physical anxieties we have bodies that are prone to disease and decline material anxieties our lord jesus spoke about the anxieties and cares we may have about making ends meet even about what we wear there are family anxieties Concerns for relatives, physically, spiritually, mentally. Uh, There are relational anxieties, concerns over uh, whether we've displeased someone or over how we can please them or put right some wrong. There are anxieties that we have about the past, things done by us, things done to us by others. There are anxieties about the present. What's going to happen at work this week? What's going to happen at home this week? Our anxieties about the future. Will we cope with what's ahead? Will we be ready for some future event? And there are anxieties about responsibilities. Now, the list ends, this isn't it? And I'd be surprised if there's anyone here this morning who says, No, no, I'm never anxious about anything. Really? As we read 1 Peter we can imagine some of the very particular anxieties that the first readers of this letter felt. As they trusted our Lord Jesus, some were refugees. Others were persecuted. Others were slaves with unfair owners. Peter writes in chapter 1 of trials of many kinds. The word many kinds has the idea of multicolored like Joseph's multicolored coat. Uh, some of those to whom he was writing were anxious about the conversion of their relatives, especially marriage partners. Others were facing injustice and malice. Many faced opposition because of their allegiance to the Lord Jesus. And in this letter, Peter has called them to obey the Lord Jesus whatever the cost. He's called them to stand out as disciples of Jesus. And you can just imagine the anxiety they may well have as they come to the end of his letter, as they say, that's going to be costly. If I live like that, there are going to be consequences for me. Peter knew from his own experience the implications of standing out from the crowd. So what does he do as he draws to the end of his letter? Well, he provides the distinctive christian remedy for anxiety the remedy of casting all our anxiety on god now the verb translated cast here is a very vivid one it's the same word used in the gospels when on palm sunday do you remember how people brought a cult to jesus and they threw their coats on that colt and put Jesus on it. So to use my jacket as a visual aid, they took off their cloaks and they threw them. That's the picture. They threw them on the colt. Now to cast our anxieties on God is to do just that. It is, as it were, to take them off our own shoulders... And to throw them onto God, You may say, well, how do we do that? Well, very simply, we do that by speaking to him. We do that by prayer. Now, let's put it in context. Because by nature we're sinners. Because each of us has a massive record of sinfulness and disobedience. We deserve no communication with God, our creator in fact the bible says we have no right to expect that he should be interested in or care about our daily lives but what's the gospel the gospel is that God sent his son into the world for sinners like me for sinners like you he he did it to to bring us into relationship with himself how did he do it he did it through the cross He did it through that amazing substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus. Whereby he laid down his life for his people. So that as we repent and trust in him. Yes, the burden of our sin is removed. uh, uh, And we have access to God. That's why, by the way, when Jesus died, that curtain in the temple, you remember what happened? It was torn in two from top to bottom. Declaring that access is open to God for all who believe. And immediately we trust in the Lord Jesus. We can speak to God. We can call him our father as a little child. We can therefore cast all our anxieties upon him. I want to be very simple this morning. I want to show you four things from this verse about casting our anxieties upon God. Number one. It is a reasonable action. Look at verse seven. Casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Now, when God calls you and me to do something, it's always a reasonable thing to do. In other words, there is always a good reason for it. So give you an example. Turn back in your Bible just to one Peter chapter one. One Peter chapter one. And glance down at verses 15 and 16. 1 Peter 1, verses 15 and 16. Peter gives a command. The command is, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. What is the reason behind the command to be holy? It's the truth that God is holy. Now turn back to chapter 5 in verse 7. What is the reason behind this command to cast all our anxiety upon God? It's the amazing truth that God cares for us. Literally, it is a care to him concerning you. That means that we don't have to keep our anxieties to ourselves. Because we have a God and Father who is genuinely interested in us and genuinely interested in our welfare. Have you ever had the experience I've had? And someone's asked you how you are and you've started to tell them and all of a sudden you discover their eyes are looking to speak to someone else. you ever had that experience? Maybe some of us are guilty of it. In other words, you think, they've asked me how I am, but um, they don't really care about what I'm going to say to them. They're they're not really interested. That is not the case with our Father in heaven. The Bible teaches that through our Lord Jesus, and it's all because of His perfection and the righteousness that is ours because of Him, uh, as God's people, we are the apple of God's eye. And what a difference it makes to know that God cares. Over the cross of our Lord Jesus, we can write the words, God cares. In his life in this world, our Lord Jesus showed his loving care. Uh, Peter in chapter 4 verse 19 describes God as our faithful creator. Is that not a great description? Uh, Peter describes our Lord Jesus as the shepherd and overseer of our souls. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, John 10 is that chapter in the Gospels in which the Lord Jesus speaks of himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Uh, And in speaking of himself as the shepherd, uh, Jesus contrasts himself with the hired hand. Will you just listen to his words? Jesus said the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep so when he sees the wolf coming he abandons the sheep and runs away then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep do you see the point Jesus is making to the hired hand the sheep are just a job to be done so when danger comes, he us. But to the shepherds, the sheep are worth dying for because he cares for them. Look back to verse 6. It's actually all one sentence. Do you see in verse 6 how Peter refers to the mighty hand of God? Now put together the two phrases, mighty hand of God and because he cares for us. Don't those two phrases make casting our anxieties upon him totally reasonable? The God who cares for us is the mighty Lord. The God who cares for us is the one who is able to work out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. The God who cares for us is the one who's able to give us courage to face our anxieties honestly and not run away from them. The God who cares for us is the one who's able to give us wisdom in every situation we face, able to provide us with his strength, able to guard our hearts and minds with his peace, able to make us lie down and sleep in peace so that's the first thing we must learn about this casting our anxieties on god it's a reasonable action but secondly will you notice it's a humble action follow again from verse six humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him Casting our anxieties upon God is an expression of humility before God. The opposite is true. If you and I are not casting our anxieties on God, it is an expression of our pride. It's an expression of us in effect saying, I can do life without you. Now, perhaps we don't often think of pride in this way. But every expression of self-reliance is an act of pride. Pride is a refusal to trust God. One author puts it like this. When pride keeps us from trusting God, there are two possibilities. One is that we feel false security, based on our imagined power and shrewdness, to avert catastrophe the other is that we realize that we cannot guarantee our own security so we feel anxious casting our anxiety on god is an act of humble trust has anyone ever said to you christians are weak people who need religion as a crutch to lean on anyone ever said that to you when someone says that to me, I say, actually, I'm quite happy to admit that I'm a weak person. I'm quite happy to admit that I need a crouch, a crutch to lean on. But I don't lean on religion. I lean on the relationship that is mine, by grace, through Jesus, on a heavenly Father who cares for me. Um, one of my privileges in Enfield is, uh, although I've not been going quite recently, I've delegated someone else, but for many years on a Saturday morning, a group of blokes would meet to read the Bible for an hour from eight to nine o'clock. Currently, they do it in the local Cafe Nero. Uh, uh, and one, one week as we were studying the Word of God uh, together, um, I think it was in 2 Corinthians, um, it was very clear that as Christians, we're supposed to see ourselves as weak and we're supposed to see that our strength only comes from God. Uh, and so we resolved that that week, when we saw each other that week, whenever we saw each other, we would say to each other, you're a wimp, but you have a great saviour. <laughs> you're a wimp, but you have a great saviour. So you'd have these guys, and they, they're big blokes, right? They are men's men, and saying to each other, you're a wimp, but you've got a great saviour. And, and to be honest, we've got to remember that. That is the opposite of the message of our world, isn't it? The message of our world is find your strength in yourself. No! Look, we're weak, we're frail, we're sinful. And it is an act of humility to cast our anxieties upon the mighty God who cares for us. His mighty hand, you see, that I deserve should be upon me to crush me. His mighty hand is actually over me to care for me. So casting anxiety on God, it's reasonable. It's an act of humility. And thirdly, it's a deliberate action. Uh, Just think again of the action of those men and women on Palm Sunday. When they took off their cloaks and they threw them on the colt. It was a deliberate action. It didn't happen by accident. Now, the Navajo are a tribe of North American Indians. Uh, And when Bible translators were translating the Bible into the Navajo language, they discovered that Navajo equivalents or ideas expressed uh, very thought-provoking results. So, when they got to this part of the Bible, the Navajo term for anxieties is that which sticks into So it has the same idea as in English when we talk about something getting under our skin. Yeah, you got the idea? Uh, And so in the Navajo translation of 1 Peter 5 verse 7, listen to how it reads literally. Those things which stick into you, all of them turn over to him one by one. Now that's a great way of describing what it means to cast all our anxieties upon God. Those things that get under our skin, we need to hand them over to God one by one. You see, look at our verse again. Uh, Notice the small word, which is a a huge word. Casting all your anxieties on him. Uh, You see, I'm not to pick and choose. Perhaps thinking that, well, that anxiety, I can kind of deal with that myself. But that one, no, I can't deal with that one. I'll speak to God about that one. The whole of our worries are to be placed on Him. And you'll know, I'm sure, that it's not the only place in the Bible that we're told this. Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus you see let's imagine that i have 10 things i'm anxious about you got it so i've got a list of 10 things if i cast nine of those things onto the lord do you know what will happen the remaining one will quickly assume the importance of the other nine isn't that true uh, we must also, as we think about it, recognize the difference between casting anxieties on the Lord and casting them on another human being. Now, I don't deny the benefit that we often find when we share anxieties with someone else. A sympathetic ear can be a real help. But, but let me try and explain what happens, all right? I think this is what happens. All right, so here's me after church on a Sunday morning. And someone says, how are you today? Johnny, what what are you anxious about for the week ahead? And so I start telling my friend all these anxieties that I have. And he says, if I take my coat off and I I put it on their shoulders. And then the conversation ends. Do you know what I do? I pick my coat up again, in effect. And I put it on. Why? Because that person is not actually able to do anything with my anxieties. Are they? They're not able to do it. They can't do anything. They may have the best intentions, but they can't do what only God can do. They can't give me the peace that transcends all human understanding. Uh, When I was a child, um, there was a chorus we used to sing in Sunday school. Some of you will know it it went like this all your anxiety all your care bring to the mercy seat leave it there never a burden he cannot now who knows that chorus never a burden he cannot bear you're absolutely right you got taught it the right way around lots of people said never a burden he cannot share but actually that's wrong you see because our God is the one who cares for us and he is the one who bears our burdens. So he's the one who, as it were, he, he can help us with it as no one else can. And that means that when a friend says to me, Johnny, I'm anxious about something. Can I tell you about what I'm anxious about? What I need to do as a fellow Christian is to say, well, thanks for sharing that. Why don't we pray together about it? Why don't both of us right now cast these anxieties on the lord so this casting of our anxieties upon the lord it's a reasonable action it's a humble action it's a deliberate action and fourthly it's a continuing action uh, tom bishop uh, was a key figure in the start of what is now called scripture union and by nature this man tom bishop was a pessimist uh, and as he led scripture union as it then was he was full of apprehension for the future of the mission uh, one of his colleagues uh, recorded that frequently as he arrived at the scripture union office uh, he would be totally downcast it, it was as though, as though the world was on his shoulders he was full of gloom and misery but he used to go into his stud into his room He used to kneel down at the office table and pray. And when he got up, the creases would be out of his forehead. Casting our anxiety on God is a continuing, daily, personal activity of faith in the care of God for us, proved by the cross of our Lord Jesus. You cannot cast my anxieties upon God for me. I cannot cast your anxieties upon God for you. Now let me ask you very bluntly this morning. What are your cares and anxieties? About the past? About the present? About the future? Uh, More importantly, what are you doing with those anxieties are you casting them on the god who cares for you i want to make a suggestion i was in a little prayer meeting before the service and the person reading the prayer meeting read um, a passage from james chapter one where it says that we shouldn't just be hearers of the word but doers also so let me give you a very practical way of doing what god's word tells us to do today here it is when you get home this afternoon why not take out a piece of paper and very honestly because no one else is going to see this but you very honestly write down a list of the things that currently are making you anxious they may be very private they may be things you couldn't really express to anyone else but simply write it down be brutally honest having done that then, well, if your normal practice is to kneel at a certain chair or to sit in a certain chair or sit at a certain table, wherever it is that you normally go to your private place to pray, then verbally speak to God, our loving Heavenly Father, about each thing on that list. You don't have to tell Him what to do with it. Just tell Him you're anxious about it. And say, help me please. I cast this anxiety upon you and having said it to him tick it off and then move on to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one you're turning your anxieties over him to him one by one by one now please don't misunderstand me he doesn't promise to take away always the cause of the anxiety the promise is that he'll give you peace the peace of knowing that your heavenly father is in sovereign control you see even think about all the political shenanigans i've met people in the last week or so who are massively anxious because of that where is our bedrock hope that the god who cares for us is in sovereign control of all that's going on in our nation at the moment. However chaotic and out of control it seems. What should I do with my anxiety about that? Pour it out to God. Cast it upon to him. That doesn't mean necessarily there will be sudden, sudden change and order in our society. But as his people we will distinguish by the peace that he gives. As we cast our anxiety upon him. As we draw to a close, one way of thinking of how the Christian life starts is in terms of anxiety. There is a right sense of anxiety that the gospel message of our Lord Jesus creates. An anxiety about being in a right relationship with God. An anxiety about being saved from the punishment that our sin deserves in hell but that anxiety is removed as we hear the invitation of the Lord Jesus to sinners anxious about their relationship with God. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Our greatest burden is the burden of our sin and guilt before God. But those who will come to Jesus, those who will turn from their sin, from their self-reliance, and cast the burden of their sin upon Him, discover that it's the burden that He took upon Himself on the cross to free His dearly loved people from it. And if we are to know the privilege of casting all our anxieties upon a caring, heavenly Father, we have to start by casting the burden of our sin upon the Lord Jesus. It's then that we discover that if he was able to bear the greatest burden, the burden of our sin, he is well able to shoulder any anxiety that we might by faith cast upon him. When Peter wrote 1 Peter 5 verse 7, he probably had Psalm 55 verse 22 in mind. Psalm 55 verse 22 reads, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. It's true. That's why Peter, as he writes his letter to Christians who are learning what it means to stand out and be different from Jesus in a, in a fallen world, in a hostile world, that's why he ends his letter by saying, Stand firm in the grace of God. How do I stand firm as a believer? Only as I deliberately and humbly, and continuingly obey this reasonable call to cast all my anxiety on Him. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Our gracious and loving Father in heaven, we thank you that as we bow in your presence nothing is hidden from your sight you know what we're thinking right now you know the things about which we're anxious we perhaps can hide them from other people but we can never hide them from you, Father, thank you for the privilege of the relationship we have with you because of your grace to us in the Lord Jesus. Thank you that he bore the burden of our guilt and sin that we might know you as the Father who cares for us. Father, help us even now to cast our anxieties upon you, trusting your care, trusting that as we do, you will grant us your peace and you will sustain us and keep us going. Father, with the psalmist, we want to say, search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in us. And lead us in the way everlasting. For Jesus' sake. Amen.